What's up, everybody? Um, back on this different schedule now, Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays. If something comes up, I'll let you guys know, but let's just start off here. Every show after a Monday, especially during football season, is Monday Night Raw and Monday Night Football. Starting off with Monday Night Raw, the WWE draft had two nights. One on Friday night on SmackDown, one on Monday. The results of the draft, quote-unquote, will take place after their next pay-per-view, Crown Jewel, in Saudi Arabia, which apparently will be on air on a Thursday on Peacock at 1. That's something I'll watch that later that night. I have no clue yet. Um, now, with the draft, without going into any detail, it's sort of a refresher. It's basically a brand switch for superstars, wrestlers, whatever you want to call them. Not necessarily switch, not everybody switches, some stay on the same roster, but I always tell you when I talk pro wrestling, at least in detail, it's to sell you on it. It's to show you what's good and what's not, what to watch, if you ever watch it, what to watch for, what to be like, oh, I'm changing the channel. What I think WWE does best is divide talent, at least on screen, like separate them between shows. All these other wrestling companies, New Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW specifically, I feel like everything is just bunched together. And speaking of AEW, they have two shows, Dynamite on Wednesdays, Rampage on Fridays. Rampage actually starts right after SmackDown ends, almost like they can't compete with SmackDown. Shocker. No, I'm kidding, and that's not a knock on AEW, I'm just joking. But WWE divides their roster, it's not bunched together. It's what they do best. It's what separates them from the rest. Anyways, that's what I like about the draft. They kind of switch everything up. It's fresh. They keep everything fresh. They do it once a year. Every now and then they'll take a bit of a hiatus, but ever since the 2000s, they've done it virtually every year. One more rant on this. This one wasn't eye-catching or eye-popping, this episode. However, Goldberg returned. Goldberg. Sorry, I said that weird. He's older, and with most wrestling fans, they hate when they have older guys in there. They'd rather have younger guys. It's like the older guys are taking away from the younger guy's spot. Well, I'm kind of tired of that talk. I'm tired of the Goldberg talk, how he's too old, how he shouldn't be there. Again, he's taking a spot away from the other younger ones. I get it. I somewhat agree. But he's around maybe four times a year, if that. Again, sure, maybe he is taking away a spot from the younger talent. But he's still good. He's entertaining. He's still got some athleticism for being a man in his 50s. Maybe a pep in his step. And honestly, all these takes are about as tiring as the Tom Brady takes. He's old. We're tired of seeing him. Or an older pitcher in the majors who's still efficient. Or any older athlete in general. Anytime someone is at the top of their game in any industry... They deserve all the respect in the world. Sure, it's annoying. Sometimes, I'll give you that. Sure, again, you want a fresh face in there. You want something you don't want to see someone fall from grace in their last year. Like Peyton Manning, or Brett Favre, or even Michael Jordan. Jordan even still produced in his last year. So you know what? Respect to guys like that. Respect to guys like George Strait in country music. Eminem in rap. Adam Wainwright, who's pitching right now. For the Card- well, not right now. He's out. But he's been pitching great for the Cardinals tonight. It's one-to-one, top of the eighth as I, as I record this. Tom Brady. 
Goldberg, you name it, those five guys, these legends, legends like that, deserve all the respect in the world. I do have one request for all these guys. No one to retire. I cannot sit through another Brett Favre last year and Minnesota type season or type year. On Monday Night Football, Raiders versus Chargers. As I said earlier, Chiefs, Chargers, and the Broncos, while the Broncos when healthy, are the best teams in the AFC West. The Raiders are good, but not great. The first game they faced the Ravens immediately after losing their whole backfield. And one of the best corners in the game. Also, Vegas had that stadium packed for the first time due to the pandemic. And yes, I know the Ravens beat the Chiefs, but I've already said why. And Chiefs have their own problems, but I'm not talking about them right now. I'm talking about Vegas. They beat the Steelers, who are, I'll say it again, I'm going to keep saying it, I'm going to say it all year, they're atrocious. Week 3, they nearly lost to a Jacoby Brissett-led Miami Dolphins squad. No disrespect to them, but if Raiders are that good, it wouldn't have gone into overtime. Now sure, any given Sunday, but still. Then their first big test, the Chargers on Monday Night Football in L.A., virtually another home game for the Raiders, to be honest. They head into halftime down 21-0. Sure, they make it close, making it 21-14, but after that, Chargers ran away with it by just putting more pressure on Carr. They can't handle pressure. Again, they're still good, but not great. They definitely can be, but right now, I don't see them making that jump from good to great just yet. Chargers, on the other hand, Herbert might just be the second-best quarterback in the AFC. The guy plays out of his mind every single week. He's humble, a great leader, everything you ask for in a quarterback. Now, fans, just move these guys back to San Diego. It was That stadium was filled 75% of the way with Raiders fans in their own house. That's embarrassing. When they ran out of the tunnels, Raiders were cheered for. When they ran out, the Boo Birds came, the Boo Birds came out for the Chargers. Honestly, even move them somewhere other than San Diego. The fan support is nearly non-existent for a team that might just be in the AFC Championship this year. Alright, college football predictions next. Big 12 and Big 10. the Big 12, you have number 6 Oklahoma versus number one, number 21 Texas. Now Texas has a better offense than Oklahoma. Oklahoma's O-line has a lot of problems right now. However, Oklahoma's offense kind of came alive versus Kansas State. A very good defense at that. Good for the Big 12. I think OU wins this possibly by double digits. Again, I don't do score predictions for college. You never know what can happen. West Virginia versus Baylor. The Mountaineers are not good on the road this year. I really don't expect that trend to continue. Baylor wins. TCU versus Texas Tech. Now this one will be close. 
if it weren't for OU versus Texas, this could be the most entertaining Big 12 game of the week. Notice how I said Big 12 game of the week, not overall. Number nine versus number nine Michigan versus Nebraska. I know you've seen some this year, but there's not a lot of upsets in college football. That won't change in this one. Michigan wins this one easily. Maryland versus number seven Ohio State. I will never pick Maryland again versus a top 25 team. They really let me down last week. Offense will keep them in it early, but maybe towards the end of the first half, Buckeyes will shut the door on the Terps. Number 11, Michigan State versus Rutgers. Again, another one-sided game. Spartans remain undefeated. Not much else you can say. Wisconsin versus Illinois. Wisconsin is picked to win. However, I think Illinois wins. Wisconsin has been a total mess this year. Offense is abysmal, and defense really can't stop a nosebleed. Number four, Penn State versus number three, Iowa. Iowa has scored 33.2 points per game, only allowed 11.6 points per game. Penn State isn't far behind them in any in any category, really. However, Iowa keeps up this year, remains undefeated. However, they will stay at number three because Georgia and Alabama aren't going anywhere. Now, NFL Week 5 predictions. Rams versus Seahawks, Thursday Night Football. Rams are coming off their first loss of the year. Seahawks possibly saved their season by beating San Francisco. If Rams offense can cut down mistakes, I think they win 30-21. Jets versus Falcons. Due to this game being in London, I'm going to take the veteran leadership on the Falcons and Matt Ryan to will them to victory. No disrespect to the young gun of Zach Wilson or the young head coach Robert Saleh. However, the travel might be different for them. I'd say Falcons win 24-20. Browns versus Steelers. Even if Bridgewater doesn't play, the offense has sucked the life out of the once great defense in Pittsburgh. I'm going to say Broncos win in a snooze fest 13-9. Dolphins versus Buccaneers. Both the Dolphins' defense can kind of keep them in it, but at the same time, this game has blowout potential. I'm just going to say Bucks will be way too much for the Dolphins to handle. Brady continues to give the AFC East headaches. Bucks win 38 to 14. Eagles versus Panthers. I'm not going to say another blowout, but it could be a double digit win. Sam Darnold is just great right now. Defense has a bounce back game, and Panthers win 30 to 17. Lions versus Vikings. As much as I want the Lions to be scrappy, it'll be hard to see them pull out a win. Vikings win 27 to 12. Packers versus Bengals. This might be a potential game of the week. I'm going to say it might be surprising. I actually do see Cincinnati winning. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are just incredible. Defense is fast. However, Packers will end up winning. Aaron Rodgers will be too much for this relatively young team. I'll say Packers win 34-28. Patriots versus Texans. Matt Jones is greater than Davis Mills by a mile. That's all you need to know. Oh, yeah, Bill Belichick, too. Patriots win 24-3. Saints versus Washington. Inconsistent versus inconsistent. Hall of Fame-level coach versus Hall of Fame-level coach. Something has to give. I'll say Saints win 20-17. Titans versus Jaguars. 
As you all know, the head coach, Urban Meyer, got himself in trouble. Was caught getting a little handsy with a co-ed after not going on the team plane after last Thursday's loss versus the Bengals. Just like, hey guys, go on. He told his team he wanted to stay behind with family. He apologized to the team. Apparently the team, or at least the players, laughed after he left, after he said that apology. The team does have potential. However, the coach is a joke right now. Absolute joke. I don't care who isn't playing for the Titans. If A.J. Brown and Julio are out again, who cares? But do you really think the Jags want to even attempt to try for Urban Meyer? I don't even think I want to try for the owner at this point. I think the Titans win 28-6, and it may be even worse for Jacksonville. Bears versus Raiders. Justin Fields has officially been named starter. I think it'll be a good game. Bears can keep it close as long as Matt Nagy isn't calling plays. However, the Raiders do get back on the winning side and win 21-17. Browns versus Chargers. Defense wins championships. In this case, defense wins this game. Browns have one of the best defenses in the game. Cleveland wins 27-21. 49ers versus Cardinals. No matter who starts at quarterback for the 49ers, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, Cardinals will run away with this one. A.G. Green has got a career resurgence. Chase Edmonds is a beast. And Murray's an MVP favorite. Cardinals win 35-24. Giants versus Cowboys. Division rival game won't be as one-sided as you think. Hence the why I only picked Arizona by two possessions. Cowboys do win. Dak Prescott is great. Defense is very opportunistic. Cowboys win 31-21. Bills versus Chiefs. Partially because I'm a fan. Partially because of Mahomes. Partially because of Andy Reid. However, this is the first time in quite some time I see a very small possibility that the Chiefs decent sort of wakes up and plays efficient. However, like I said, first time in a while, Bills win in a shootout, 45-38. to Colts versus Ravens. If Colts can stick to running the ball, keep Carson Wentz throw count under 25, and the defense can keep up keep up with the speed of the Ravens, then I do think the Colts win 28 to 21. NFL power rankings, and then how bad I was at predicting MLB playoffs, and they literally just started. Anyways, number 32, Jacksonville Jaguars. No explanation necessary. Number 31, Houston Texans. If Tyrod Taylor was in, they'd possibly be 3-1, and one. but they're not. And this team is just bad without him. Number 30, Detroit Lions. Same as Jacksonville. However, players actually try. They also actually respect their head coach. Number 29, New York Giants. Bad offense, no pass rush. 
head coach who still thinks he's coaching a 3A school at the high school level. Number 28, New York Jets. Just keep letting Zach Wilson sling it. And if they can string some more wings together, cut down mistakes, and cut down the drops, some running back help would help. Number 27, Chicago Bears. If you let Justin Fields do what he does best, they should have no problem making noise later on. Number 26, Atlanta Falcons. Offense is back to where it needs to be and what it used to. However, the defense is the same and maybe worse. Number 25, the Philadelphia Eagles. Turn field goals into touchdowns. Then they might be in the top 20, but they're not yet. Number 24, Miami Dolphins. If the offense can just be efficient, maybe trade for an unhappy quarterback that really likes massages, apparently. I'm sorry, that's that's a bad joke. But then 99% of their problems would be solved. Number 23, Washington football team. If Heineke can continue to build up his case to be the starter, they should be able to at least compete with Dallas in the division. Number 22, New England Patriots. Mac Jones is a stud. Belichick, Belichick is great as ever. If Jacoby Myers can continue to build himself up as a reliable target, they might just climb out of the hole earlier in and possibly sneak into the playoffs. Number 21, Pittsburgh Steelers. If you look up atrocious in the dictionary, the picture next to it is the 2021 Steelers offense. I know, apparently just updated. Number 20, the Indianapolis Colts. The run game is one of the best in the AFC. Pass offense. Anyways, number 19, New Orleans Saints. If they could just stay consistent and get some receiver help, Michael Thomas, where you at? They'd be undefeated. Number 18, Tennessee Titans. The offense of line needs to protect Ryan Tannehill better. Plain and simple. If only Taylor Lewan could block as good he can talk crap. Number 17, Minnesota Vikings. Hey, only if they could face a defense like the Seahawks or the Chiefs or the injured Bucks every week. And maybe they'd be undefeated. Number 16, Denver Broncos. Might just be Cam Newton time in Denver as Teddy's backup. Drew Locke is not it, and I really wanted the guy to work out, but right now he's just not it. Number 15, Carolina Panthers. I only dropped them this low because the first major test for the defense was not good. I'd say below not good. Number 14, Cincinnati Bengals. Burrow and Chase are something special. Special. Sorry. Unbelievable duo. Number 13, San Francisco 49ers. Consistency is key. If the offense can stay consistent, this team would be like it was in 2019. Number 12, the Kansas City Chiefs. Shocker. I know. I badly wanted to put the Red Kingdom in the top 10. But the defense is making me want to find a new career choice. That means nowhere near sports. If the defense keeps it up like this, I don't want to be anywhere near sports. I don't even want to have ESPN a part of my cable package. Anyways, number 11, Las Vegas Raiders. You heard what I said about them earlier. They're good, not great. Number 10, Seattle Seahawks. 
The defense might be worse than the Chiefs. However, they actually showed some sort of life this week. Unlike the Chiefs' defense has since the second half versus Cleveland in week one. Speaking of Cleveland, number nine, the Cleveland Browns. The defense is dominant. The offense is odd. Just odd. Baker and Odell just don't mix. It. Anyways, number eight, Los Angeles Rams. They would be top five if they showed some sort of life versus Arizona, but they didn't. Number seven, Baltimore Ravens. Great offense, great defense. I just don't think they're top five worthy, worthy just yet. Number six, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I realize they have injuries on defense. However, they struggled mightily against the one and three squad. Even though they do have, even though that one and three squad has a Hall of Fame coach and a great up and coming cornerback, no matter what, they still struggled against a one and three squad. Number five, Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys look better than the 2016 Cowboys. Zeke looks like he is back and here to stay. The defense takes advantage of nearly every single opportunity thrown their way. Thrown their way. See what I did there? Thrown. Interception. Get it? Turnover machines. Yeah. Number four, Green Bay Packers. Randall Cobb had a day for the first time in what seems like forever. Rodgers still definitely cares about football, and apparently he cares about Mike Tomlin a lot. Number three, Los Angeles Chargers. Look, when you play like you have six wins in the past seven, could be 4-0 if it weren't for Greg Zerline, you'd get the top three. Number two, Buffalo Bills. I know, they lost to Pittsburgh, then beat up on backups, but they're still winning in dominant fashion. Hence why I said the game against them and the Chiefs will be a shootout, and the Chiefs just aren't the Dolphins or Washington. You get my point. Number one. Arizona Cardinals. Explosive offense. Efficient defense. Coach of the year candidate. MVP candidate. Super Bowl candidate. We shall see. That's kind of have all for you guys today. MLB playoffs. Um, I should maybe stop predicting those. I just look like I don't know what I'm talking about. I predicted the Phillies to win the World Series because they got on a hot streak in August. I predicted the Yankees to beat the Red Sox, which I thought they would. But John Carlos Stanton was the only guy who showed up. Garrett Cole got pulled out in the third inning. Kyle Schwarber had a home run, the sixth, to give him a 3 0 lead. And the Red Sox just kind of pulled away with it. When John Carlos Stanton's the only one to show up, and the third base coach waves Aaron Judge home on a play where. The catcher was literally waiting for him with the ball in hand as soon as he turned third base. Wasn't that bad of a play, but it might as well have been. You're not going to win in the playoffs. And Yankees fans, I'm sorry, but you got nine years left with this guy. I respect the heck out of the Yankees. I respect their history. I know they have 27 World Series, but I'd like to see them win a couple more, mainly because of Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton. Congratulations to the Boston Red Sox. St. Louis Cardinals, don't let my predictions down. Please beat these L.A. Dodgers. No offense, Dodgers fans, but that's just what I need going right now. I'll be back Friday from 
for SEC college football predictions and the rest of the top 25. I think there's only one or two games that are out of the major conferences that are on the top 25. And baseball playoffs to go over, MLB playoffs to go over. And that's all I have for you guys today. Have a good night. Have a good day. Talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you.